Welcome to another edition of the Grizz Den Pod. This is Will. I'm recording this intro actually from the Memphis International Airport and heading overseas to do some scouting for the 2023 draft. But I wanted to intro this uh, podcast, which is a live NBA draft reactions. We had the mic set up while the draft was going on. And uh, you're going to hear us, the raw reactions. We started off the pod previewing as the draft was just kicking off. So you'll hear our thoughts on and predictions on what we thought was going to happen. And then the second section, we the audio got cut off a little bit, but the Grizzlies made a trade from 22, from their 22nd and 29th picks up to 19 to take Jake Laravia. You'll hear our reaction. And then in the midst of that recording, the, uh, the D'Anthony Melton trade happened. So you are really going to hear our live reactions there. The third section is us. After a little bit of time to decompress, uh, we gave our more balanced reactions. And then the last section, Kraft was not able to join us, but he sent in his thoughts. And so I hope you enjoy all of that. We've got it covered from all angles. And we will talk to you all next time about free agency. Welcome to the draft edition of the Grizzden Pod. We know that if you're listening to this right now, the draft has already happened. You know what happened. We don't. We're sitting here and the Orlando Magic are on the clock. And there's been some crazy reporting that uh, that Paolo might be jumping into the number one spot. But we'll see that in a second. But we're going to focus on the Grizz right now, guys. Quickly, what would be uh, best case scenario for the Grizzlies come out, coming out of draft night for you? I just think, you know, making a good pick is just easy money at this point. Just easy money. It's easy well, that's money. just the assumption now. Huh. You know? huh. climbing, right? Easy money, huh? Easy money. <laughs> I think I would – I kind of hope we have some sort of consolidation and uh, upside pick. That's we're what I want. On, we're chomping on some marks right now if you can't yeah. hear. I'll be sort of disappointed if, we're just, if, if we just ended with the two picks that we have. Yeah, if and we, no move happened to move us to j- bump us up. So too much smoke for there not to be a little fire. Um, and if there's not a fire, then I'm going to be pretty bummed at this point. Who in the let's just theoretically say the Grizzlies end up getting a pick in the teens, which if I had to predict, that's what I would predict. Who would y'all want to target if you could have like one one guy you end up with? I know I have mine. Um, so two guys that a lot of Grizzlies people talked about. And I'll, I'll second what they think. It depends on how we, on how high we get, but I think Jeremy Sohan out of Baylor would be awesome. Yeah. Um, he's like a six nine, seven foot wingspan, just pretty good athlete, really really good defender. Um, does a lot with the ball, can't really shoot. He kind of reminds me like a little bit of Ben Simmons, who like tries. Um, <laughs> Important. Astros. Not obviously not near as good, or he'd be like top five in this draft. Right. Said he's like around ten, eleven. Um, but I think he could be really good. And then um, Tari Eason is a lot of people who they've mentioned out of LSU. Yeah. Uh, some person referred to him like when he drives down the lane, he's just like a bull in a bo- like bull in a china shop. He's just like bodying people up, getting to the rim. His like steal and block rate, I think, led the country by like 
over two percentage points. It just shows you like he's really active all the time, and I think he would be fun on our defense, switchable, all that kind of stuff. My guy's Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. He's a six six wing and can just I mean, he's a three and D who can also create. And if I had to go through like my top two of Grizzlies team needs, it'd be secondary self creation and size with shooting. Um, so anyway. Uh pick is in for the magic, and it seems like they're gonna go with Paolo, according to Twitter. Wild. That is kind of crazy. So if you, I wonder what I wonder if this. I mean, I don't know why I'm even saying this because it's a pod that people are going to listen to afterward. But it'd be really interesting to see if this shakes anything up. Exactly. But the, back to Grizz centric. Obviously, yeah. um, I got a question for y'all. If we do move up, would either of y'all? How would y'all feel about taking um, one of the the two top bigs in the in the class, as in Jalen Duran and Mark Williams? What are y'all's thoughts there? If we move up to like 13, 14 range, and they're still there, I don't love taking uh, a center that high I just feel like I mean not that they couldn't help but to me it's like if you're going to take them that high then you got to have a plan to move off of Adams at that point because yeah. he can't you can't have that many centers on your roster yeah and I would rather take a swing with a wing oh wow Paolo yep confirmed so we'll say Adams is um expiring contract this next year yeah. So trade chip big time. And also like, you know, it, Adam seems content with whatever role his looks like moving forward. Yeah. Um, Brantley, what do you think? I'm just curious. And honestly, the big question is like with Jaron on the team, obviously, yeah. like uh, I just want to use our picks for playmaking. I haven't moved off of that. I have also done the same amount of research on this draft <laughs> other than listening to podcasts as I did before our draft podcast. <laughs> Yeah. Which is very minimal. Well, it's also not. I just, I just don't. I just when I'm watching the finals and even like our series, like the bigs aren't like we're doing stuff to try to like I think make fringe moves to make us truly better in playoff series. And I'm not. I just don't think that. Let's just say that even two years from now, I don't necessarily know if a big helps us there. Yeah. Personally, unless if it opens up salary to play a different type of get a different type of playmaker well i think uh can we react to this i think this is kind of crazy yeah he's been like he's been three in all mocks for pull up orlando's like let's do a rapid reaction here like orlando has lots of forwards are they becoming the kings of the east well, I wonder what number Jonathan Isaac and Mo Bomber are going to wear for the Grizz this upcoming year. <laughs> well, JK. I, I do think it's crazy because I was conf- – after just listening to a lot of people who are a lot smarter than, than I am about this stuff, it was kind of surprising to see a guy like Jabari basically be the presumptive number one just with a, the lack of his uh, – Mainly, like, ball skills. He could shoot over anybody, and he was super athletic and was good on defense. But it seemed like that one skill, to me, would have been enough to potentially shake it up with Paolo being the guy who can handle. And he was basically the number one option. Uh, I mean, so was Jabari, but he was very dependent upon other guys. Paolo is a guy who can just run your offense by himself, and you run things through him. Um, It is kind of crazy, though, just from the reporting standpoint. I thought that this whole thing, like, with the Vegas odds, it went to, like, Minus 1,000 for Jabari earlier today. Uh, and I don't know. We're, I'm interested to hear kind of what happened with Orlando. One thing, Grizz-centric real quick, I could see any of Washington, New York, OKC, Charlotte, or Cleveland 
moving out of their picks, and their picks 10 through 15. Yep, so that's, yeah, 10, 11, 12, 13. 14, 15. 14, 15, because Charlotte, Charlotte has, has the 13 two. And You're 15. right. Yep. So those are things I'm keeping an eye on. It just seems very like, I don't know, I could see trades with all those all those teams. And I will say this, we've sort of, the past two years, we've come in, I think national media has hyped draft day as a like there's going to be a lot of movement there's going to be a lot of stuff happening that has not been the storyline for this draft it's been about really the top three versus maybe like major movement so it'll be sort of interesting like there may not be there's maybe there's no drama to be expected um and that's why they're backing off of it. That was one thing that I, we hadn't even had a chance to talk about I thought was sort of interesting where I, at least maybe I'm just not paying attention to the right circles, but I had not heard as much of, man, this draft is going to be nuts. Like I feel like I had heard in, pre, in the previous two years. Would you all agree with that sentiment? Well, my question – Call me out if I'm wrong. Well, my question is, is it different if you're a team that has a pick already in, that, in the lottery? You know? Because it's like, to me – our the conversation around our pick if it was in the lottery would we there'd be so much more chatter like we all three would have very formed opinions on who we like and don't like in the top 15 if you're in the 20s it's just really hard to like get excited about anything because it's so unpredictable and who who knows is going to be down there so like why spend so much time just chattering on and on about like options when you potentially I don't know. And you don't know where we're going to be. Like, that's – I kind of thought about that today. I was like, I've only looked at guys mocked, like, basically 16 and on. But I was like, man, should I start looking into these guys mocked at, like, 9, 10, and 11? Yeah. Just in, that's why I threw out the Duran thing to begin with because I was like, wow, that's kind of interesting. But, yeah, that's true. All well, right, real quick, last thing. What yep. do y'all think is going to happen? Prediction. For the Grizz. Yeah, the Grizz only. I think we Grizz-centric. Trade, I think we trade up into the teens. Okay. I think it's it could be uh, New York – uh, it could be New York or Charlotte. Okay. Uh, those are the two I feel the best about. Yeah. Um, I would not mind, for the record, having a Gordon Hayward potential mm. uh, trade there. Sure. I know that there's PTSD with the Parsons thing uh, with, with Hayward. Hayward, I just do believe in our ability to potentially get off his money next season. Um, if we If everything goes wrong and he doesn't play a game for us, then he's still a big expiring contract to match salary when it's time to potentially make a really big move. I think there's an argument to be made that this season we're still building because uh, we're so young. So I don't know. Second pick is now in. I don't have I, – I, I just have a non-prediction. I have a what my heart will say. I just will be mad if we don't have movement. Not mad. I will be, like, disappointed because I just really think we should have. And I, I can't wait to grow dislike for Shet. Please call him he just, Shet. Please he call just, him Shet forever. Shet Holmgren. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm mispronouncing his name on purpose. I his just, dad has a video camera, like a handheld video dad. camera. Legendary. He's going to be perfect in Oklahoma City. Uh, They're becoming like Utah Jazz of the Midwest. <laughs> Indeed. He's going to be interesting to the watch. The Caucasian invasion. That's right, baby. Yeah, my prediction is we end up in the teens. I could look wrong, and we're sitting around here for a couple hours waiting for the Grizzlies to pick in the 20s. Uh, Ty, do you weigh more than Shet? <laughs> Almost. <laughs> he weighs like a buck 95. I know. that. If you think I weigh that much, then that this conversation needs to be I weigh more than Shet. 
All right, here's the last thing I'll Will's say. Will's like, stay on track. Here's the last thing I'll say. Uh, the draft really does start at four. I'd be shocked if the Rockets didn't take Jabari, but I might be wrong here in just a few minutes. Uh, but the Kings have been the ones rumored to have like a bunch of calls coming their way. Not that it means anything, uh, but they are in a weird position to where there isn't a clear number four guy. Uh, it could be eye of the beholder, so who knows? That's, I'll, we I'll, might jump on again and like, Literally and that kind of does feel like a domino. Like it feels like yeah. if it just if this stays chalk at f- like four through six, then it could just be another boring yeah. chalk. Meaning like teams Everybody drafting their... that position, not necessarily what players go where. Right. I think there's volatile team. I think the Knicks are a great example. The Kyrie buzz has made this like a little bit more volatile than it could have been because the Knicks are like back to old Nick things, being like let's clear space. Let's go get Kyrie. Like, he's coming to us. So, I think the pick at 10, if we – I could see a team backing off some of their salary and giving up 11 to make the pick work. I'm going to throw out my crazy prediction. Oh, wait. I'm sorry. I've hey, already, Todd, do I've you have any predictions? Yeah, thanks. Appreciate that. I was waiting on it. Um, I didn't respond back well. Yeah, I'm sorry. didn't at all. I thought we've been at this for a few years now, guys. Come Gosh, on. his suit is shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got to get off here because this is interesting. But I'll say this. Y'all just say yay or nay or percentage likelihood it happens. Seven in Josh Hart. So pick seven Portland for Dylan Brooks, D'Anthony Melton, pick 22, and a top, let's say, lottery protected future first from the Grizz. I'm gonna percentage say, it happens. I'm going to say – Less than ten percent chance. Okay, I think we value Dylan more than the, a number seven pick. Okay, I'm gonna say one. I I okay. really don't think I don't think they'll trade Dylan in the Western Conference. Gotcha. I, I think yeah, if we trade Dylan, it's like it's to the Wiz or it's to Brooklyn for Kevin Durant. Hey, and draft we'll day. See. The Anything is possible. If, okay. Motion to delete everything we just said if the Grizzlies end up with Kevin Durant tonight and just like start the pod at the top with, with just my, immediate. With my quote. Yeah, we'll yeah, start yeah, with yeah, your yeah. quote with and predict- say when it was, Look, and then we'll go right into it. I didn't know that Ja was like tweeting out Durant's Instagram handle. Yeah, like easy money. I mean, where's our where's our social correspondent to jump on and kind of give us the inside track? It's crazy. All right, guys. Well, we'll be with you in just a few minutes. Hopefully, it's an active draft, and hopefully, we end up with a player that the Grizz could use. See you soon. It's been pretty inactive as far as trades go, except for the Jalen Duran scuttlebutt that went on, but. The Grizzlies get Jake Luravia out of Wake Forest. He's 20 years old. Um, he is a forward 6'8", 235 from Indianapolis. Averaged 14.5 points, 6.6 rebounds, 3.7 assists at Wake Forest. Shot 38% from three. This is not necessarily what we were expecting. Um, we had each had some guys that we... We're talking about not only in the what we just recorded, but also as we were watching the draft, and they just kept dropping like flies. And uh, Dalen Terry was a guy that we were all pretty excited about. We didn't know how long he was going to last, and then he was taken at 18 by Chicago. So after that, there, wa- there wasn't really anybody that we had targeted um, on our 
respective boards. And here we are. We traded the 22 and 29th pick for Jake Laravia. Uh, Ty, we'll start with you. When the pick came through, what were your initial thoughts? I was pretty bummed. Yep. I, uh... So, to preface this... Ty may or may not be crying right now. Everyone knew the pick before I did. Everyone had checked the Twitter before I did, and I decided to just real-time it. Um, and everyone reaction in here was kind of like, Ooh, that's a little surprising. So I immediately didn't feel great. And then I don't think Jake LaRavia is like a bad prospect. I think he's a fine pick. What I don't get is trading up to get him. Um, I feel like he could have been there at 22. And even if he wasn't there at 22, I feel like there were guys that honestly, I'd rather have at 22. Blake Wesley is a guy that comes to mind. Um, it just kind of fits what I wanted us to have a little bit better. Uh, you kind of read off some stuff about LaRavia. I didn't do like a ton of prep on him. I just, he's just, he's not like a great athlete. Um, he's, he looks pretty slow moving. Hey, get this ringer draft guide. The shades of let's hear it. Kyle Anderson. There you go. We're just like looking for a bunch of like non-athletic guys who just kind of slowly move around the court, I guess. Um, he can I don't shoot, know. though. Yeah, he That's can the shoot. Thing. He I can think it's... shoot. He's a playmaker. Um, he's just not exactly the type of guy that we were thinking the Grizzlies would target. Especially trading up for, I think, is the biggest thing. Yeah. So the, the trade was 22 and 29 for 19. So we moved up three spots and gave up the 29th pick, which I just don't think is a great thing. Apparently we did get a second round pick back. Um, I don't know what that really means, but I, just, I was really surprised because I feel like we really value the 29th pick because we've moved up two years in a row to get 30 as in that's what we did with Bain. And that's also what we did with Santi to me. Another thing about this, the Laravia and Santi, like what's the huge difference in those guys? They're both kind of like non-athletic, stretch fours who can theoretically shoot and handle and play make a little bit. Uh, I feel like there's just some overlap there. Uh, well, the I guess the difference is, is like Aldama's like a 6'11", potentially stretch five, and Laravia is going to be more of like a three slash four. But, I mean, they are. I just feel like defensively they like can't, like they're not very switchable. They're not very versatile on defense. They can just kind of guard hopefully their one position and then kind of stay on the court with their offense. I don't know. It just doesn't really – I'm not – it doesn't, like, excite me. I'll stop well, there. I think the other thing, too, is that when you go into a draft with expectations of the Grizzlies making calls to the Kings about the fourth pick, you don't necessarily have when – you, when you have that as your, like, anchoring thought, anything below kind of this threshold of players when you trade up for them is going to be disappointing, and I think that's what we're experiencing right now. I think that – I honestly would have loved to potentially even give up a player on our roster in order to get higher in the draft in addition to our picks. And I think that's like all the trades that we were thinking about involved that. Um, and 
I mean, yeah, you could theoretically package 22 and 29. I didn't think it was going to get you any higher than 19 like it did. But um, I don't know. And the other part of it, too, that I'm kind of, um, I don't know, I guess this front office is innocent until proven guilty, if you will. I mean, who knows how LaRavia is going to be. But at the end of the day, like any draft pick after a certain number, the the hit rate is very low. So it's like, um, you know, maybe we would have wanted somebody that was a little bit more of a home run swing than LaRavia. He just seems like kind of a safe, is going to be, you know, he's going to fit into an offense. He's not going to do anything crazy spectacular, but he's also not going to kill you. Um, who knows? I haven't watched anything on him, so they must clearly just value the role type that Kyle was filling. <laughs> I think this sort of seems, assuming that <clears throat> he's on the active roster, which you would imagine he would be, be getting pick twenty-two. That means that Kyle's moving off. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. And I think that you know th- there are a couple people doing the quick math, saying like, assuming you move off of Kyle and Tyus. You have $21 million in cap space. Side note that's sort of interesting. There was some, like, weird fake news things happening with his age. Yeah, I saw that. That was Where weird. he was getting picked Lord. up, he was age 22, but he's really 20. And he had so to weird. convince NBA scouts that he was really 20. <laughs> and evidently, one scout started figuring out his age, he kind of started soaring back up into different levels in the draft that was like a weird thing that barstool reported i don't know this is just kind of like a you know let's read it's not very sexy it's hard it's hard to let's read his let's just read his report okay uh pluses plays his role at a high level he's a savvy cutter off ball who uses ball fakes to finish inside on the break he runs the floor hard to the corners selfless passer who makes the ball flow anytime he's on the floor with his blend of size, cutting, and playmaking ability, he could be a major threat on the pick and pop or the short roll. If defense is switched, he also has the height and footwork to score from the post with hook shots and drop steps. Solid spot-up shooter who displays confidence. Hard-nosed on-ball defender with the versatility to defend multiple positions. Tie. He also has excellent off-ball awareness. His positioning and effort what was that are enough, about? but he should improve athletically anyway once he's in an NBA strength and conditioning program. Minuses. Lacks a reliable jump shot off the dribble. He's not a primary shot creator at this stage. That's the one thing I'm bummed about. Yeah, what did Brantley say? Thing. Literally, Brantley, what he was looking for was creation. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like also at 20-whatever, 19, who knows. But his limitations as a ball handler can put him into precarious situations in the middle of the floor, forcing him into difficult passes. He shot a lower percentage off the catch during his sophomore season, which raises some questions about his success as a junior. He doesn't have ideal athleticism for a defensive wing. So there's the negatives. And we'll see. Here's my biggest question is, are you positioning yourself here at this point in the draft um, to have a guy who may not ever make it onto the floor in your season? You're just getting a guy who you know can fill a role that's a big wing, who we've said is like the least, you know, the most scarce resource right now in the NBA. And you have your sights set on free agency. And that's what, and that's where we are. Like, are we destined now for the foreseeable future to be late in the draft and to sort of have our expectations be really high? And now, you know, maybe that's not the answer anymore. We kind of got lucky with our Bane and BC picks later, 
And then now we're going to be sort of in this position where we're kind of getting what's left and we have to do best with what's left. Interesting thought. Um, I'll say one thing that a friend, uh, shout out David Haba, just texted me. So Wake Forest before they added LaRavia. Oh, 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 oh. sorry, 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 sorry. We got a big trade right now to report. Okay. Philadelphia is trading the number 23 pick to Memphis for DeAnthony Melton. Sources tell ESPN. Wait. Consolidation. Wait, what? Philadelphia is trading 23 to Memphis for DeAnthony Melton. That's it. Just 23 for Melton. That's it. Uh, Kessler just got taken at 22. Great. Get him all good. Don't want him. Can wow. I finish my thought? Dude, from, we just from my opened friend up David some Hobbit. space. Yes. We did open up space. Okay, so real quick, back to LaRavia. That was Jacob Kim. Interesting thought. <laughs> Wake Forest went 6-16, six and 16, and then the year they added him, they went 25-10. and 10. I thought that was kind of interesting. Hey, Ty, look at you. Maybe he's just a winner. Maybe he's a winner. Maybe okay, like guys, this is live right now. We got the number 23 pick is next. Just Melton. That's it. Melton, well, we're going to have to take some contract back. Is it Tybal? Someone uh, said, guessing this is Blake Wesley. Guys, y'all know how I feel about Blake Wesley. They said maybe Danny Green contract coming back. The Grizzlies are targeting Colorado State's David Roddy at number two. David Roddy. What are we doing? Who's David Roddy? <laughs> Forward, 6'5 six, six, five from Colorado State. Supersized wing with shot creation skills. There's our shot creation. Wow. I can't pod the rest of them. I'm done. For DeAnthony Melton. I'm done. We just traded... No, 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 Melton no. for David Roddy. Look, this is, this is about opening up space for free agency. I but think. David yeah. Roddy, Who pick can, someone better. How do you, you – they may like him. This we, guy's like – We're know, not – look, these, guys, these aren't the guys that, that Kleiman's talking about. We're, we're getting more projects. These guys aren't helping now. We just cleared space, right? Yes. You, with Melton, with, with now Anderson gone, presumably Tyus. Also – How much space is that? From 20 till the end of the draft, who knows? You never know. And the order is always wrong. Like, there's never – it never goes in the order. That you expect well, so like if we're getting Green back, I'm assuming that you would do a buyout with him potentially. But I guess his, so maybe he's not really opening up cap space. That's not going to help out that much. It's probably just matching salary. Yeah, it's probably matching salary. So I'm wrong on that. Wow, David Roddy. Okay, let's start reading up on David Roddy here live. Yeah, because no one knows anything about Look, him because he was projected to go in the 40s. Reactions. I'm down on it. We're d- no, 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 no. Melton gone. Like. Let's like that's the big story. It's a here. big story. Melton, like we knew he had to be gone. He was he the had most to be likely gone. trade piece and But the, for David Roddy. It all goes back to like what do you get for the twenty three pick? This guy was projected well, to go like mid to late thirties. Why did we just trade away Melton, who had some value still in the league for pick twenty three to go get a guy who is projected to go like late thirties, early forties? That's my big point. Like, why move up to get that guy? I hope in five years he's awesome. But I feel like there's a, you know, draft people these days are decently smart about what they're doing, and no one had him going in the first round. Not to mention trading up or trading Melton to get him at 23. 
I'm I'm very pull interested. Up, pull up the David Roddy highlights. Twelve. He's Sorry. fine. Like he's. I got you. Okay, so this is what I heard about him earlier. He's like six six with like a, I think a seven plus, Danny seven green plus wingspan. Um, what'd you say? It is green. Danny Green. It is. Okay. Yep. So we'll hear what Woj says. I Dan- think I think that look, Danny Green is uh he's got less years, so this is his only year. We're clearing money for the We're future. We're clearing money. This Someone is said, up. yeah, we this preparing is setting for up. something. That's what I'm yes. saying. The, but the, why draft him though? That goes my, back to my point. Well, like, it could be like I get throw multiple at the space, wall, but like why draft that guy? Throw multiple six six and above wings at the wall and see what sticks. He's not a wing. He he weighs two sixty. This guy's a bowling ball. <laughs> He's a forward. He's a six five center. Is what he is. Shades of Grant Williams. Exactly. I don't want that. All right, we're, we've got his highlights now on the screen. I'm surprised they have any. I'm kind of kidding. Like, he's probably good. But I just think, like, there's a he reason. He thick. He's thick. <laughs> he's thick. Oh, but he's got some. He's got some. He but has some I, guys, the point is we moved. We traded Melton to get to 23 to get him. That's the question we need to be asking is it. Is the Melton trade about this offseason or is it about next offseason? Again, I, that like point doesn't matter. What I'm saying is why draft that guy is my point. Like I get the sure. move. I get freeing up the space. Makes a ton of sense. Hey, I have a question. Do you like Jake, do you like Jake Howman? Yeah, you, he's, he's fine. He's like this is the third year in a row that the Grizzlies pick all my guys. Well, I hope he's right. <laughs> All right, hold on. There might be some um, interesting details on the on the. Uh, oh, I don't think his. I don't think Danny Green's contract is guaranteed. Well, I guess we'd have to guarantee it in order to make. They're it. saying that we have to get enough of it just to make it work. Okay. I so think that's, that's about really more interesting. Space is what I'm saying. That's really interesting. This is all about – there's other stuff in the works is what I think. It may not all yeah. happen tonight, and it may be even about next year. There's just more stuff in the works. Like, just keep going back to what Kleiman said in exit interviews. That's all I'm saying. And if Hollinger really thinks he was hearing interesting things happening, is he still plugged into our front office? I don't He's know. He's got to be. Wow. So Danny Green's $10 million contract salary – yeah, that's what we're saying. 2022-2023 season. It's non-guaranteed. Will become, will become guaranteed while he recovers from his torn knee. Yeah, no, he's not going to be on the roster. Other, All right, expand on that, thing. Will. Expand on that. What well, do you mean? We don't have enough roster spots for Danny Green. I think if we're going to so sign these So do we just draft rookies, David Roddy to just wave him in, in the preseason? No, 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 no. He'll be a two-way. But still. A two-way? We just drafted a two-way guy at 23? If, depends on how many guys we keep. There could be a bigger or, trade. Or is like X out. I hope I'm so wrong, but my gut feel I might not be able to sleep tonight. Let's look at the Grizzlies <laughs> roster now. Dude, you're such a like up and down woo girl, man. Chill I know. out. I know. I can't like, help myself. Tell me one bad thing this front office has ever done in the draft. 
Name one. Santi Trade Up is the only one right now that has the potential to be wrong, but we have no idea. So, okay, to your point. It's not bad. It's not bad, but apparently we we traded up for a guy that no one really saw going that high. Dude, you're thinking checkers. We're playing chess. Maybe so. Maybe so. I'm just telling you how I feel. Three games of chess at the same time while also knowing every move on the ceiling. I hope you're right. This is just like you can't. This is not Chris Wallace. Bleep me out. <laughs> this is not Chris Wallace. I was hoping not draft. to edit tonight, Brantley. God. No, I, it's really, it's really not. It's and this is okay. Here's the deal with the Grizzlies. We are showing that there is no like mock drafts do not matter. Like for us, they do not matter. We're gonna take who we like. I get that mock drafts don't matter, but I, again, back to my point, I feel like. These guys do this 365 days a year. Like, these draft experts, maybe they don't hit on all of their prospects, but they f- they know the range that these guys are going to go in. Two years in a row, we yeah, have they traded do. They're up. like, Desmond Bain should go 30. No, everyone had Bain at like 22 or 21. So I get moving up for a guy that fell. That makes sense to me. What doesn't make sense to me is everyone has LaRavia going like late 20s, and we move up to 19 to get him. Everyone had Roddy going like mid-second round. We trade up to 23 and give up Melton, who is, I feel like has decent value, to get him. Last year, we did the same thing with Santi. Yes, the book is still out on Santi. Also, you could argue we did the same thing with Zaire. Everyone was like, oh, they could have gotten him at 17. Why did they trade up and take back salary? to get him at 10 when he could have been there at 17. This is my point. I don't necessarily, like, the guys may work out. They both may be really good players. I have no idea. My, tr- my problem is that we, we got them, we moved up to get them when we could have not given up the assets, is my point. Sure. And you might be right. You might be right. I'm just very, I'm really interested to hear or as more analysis comes out about this trade, how many teams did they call about D'Anthony Melton and just say, what is your best offer for Melton? Like, is there a chance that this was the best offer for Melton? Who knows? Wow. This was a certainly an unexpected move. I, I truly did think that the Grizzlies might be done after the Loravia pick. Yeah, we still have a second rounder, too. Nimhard, please. All right. Well, we're gonna we're gonna decompress a little bit. May pop back on one more time. We'll see. We'll see how it shakes out. We've had a few <laughs> minutes to watch some video. We watched the tape. We uh, read up some more. Ty got some more thoughts out, but we just decided to turn the mics back on because but, we're just we're just tossing it. Around. We're basically podcasting without recording, and we thought that was dumb. If we have the equipment in front and of spoiler us. Spoiler alert: the guy who I said a second ago was just like woo girl up and down volatile. Now, all of a sudden, has got the take of all takes about our boy Roddy. Go ahead, Ty. Okay, I'm trying to spin this in a positive light. 
My positive light is we just drafted Draymond with a three-point shot. <laughs> I mean, guys. That is peak ceiling David 6'6". Yeah, but is that worth trading Melton for? 260 pounds. I said his utmost ceiling is Draymond with a, with a three-point shot. His I think that's a pretty peak ceiling. high ceiling. I don't his think that's going to be realistic. His floor is not in the league ever. I think his 100th percentile is not Draymond. But we were watching some film on him, and he was the Mountain West Player of the Year and had, I mean, sneaky, good ball. This dude, if you just go on YouTube, watch this crossover. He can distribute. He can shoot. He's a thick boy. But, man, <laughs> he is... I don't know. What do you think his bench press is? What's the max? I mean, <laughs> what's the max? Just a billion of weight? Yeah. What's what the max anyone's ever done? I mean, like, how many times can he do two twenty five in the combine? Seventy five. I'm pretty. Do you sure have the numbers just, on this, or are you just throwing it out? No, I'm just asking. Oh, yeah, I this mean, is just for fun. A lot. They probably lost count. Yeah. But okay, and <laughs> more importantly, this move does put the Grizzlies in a weird position. Because we were just commenting on Indeed. the fact that it puts Ty we also have in a weird position. Xavier Tillman, Brandon Clark, Jake Laravia, and now David Roddy, all in this weird. Did you say Santi? Sant- Santi's like a six eleven. Like I see Still, Santi man, as like a, they're all like four. You're right. You're right. They're not quite center sized Tilly too. So we basically have this huge group of forwards who can play you know the four maybe five and a pinch um may might not necessarily have the quickness uh and playmaking to be threes although Roddy does uh but I mean we're are we going to see something happen with Tillman or Clark now that their extensions are going to be coming up in the next year I mean Clark right now is actually extension eligible um, but in the next year, do we see one of these guys just backfilling and we continue to capitalize on having um, this sort of tweener position being filled by someone on the rookie deal? I mean, that's interesting. And then, Ty, you brought up another good point. Name the guards on our roster right now. There's two. Yeah, it's a great – yeah, it's we don't have any. Ja and Bain are our two quote-unquote guards. For sure, on the guards right now. moving forward. Ty's, Unless you want to count Dylan as a guard, he's not – Zaire is not a guard. He, he's just not. Tyus is a free agent. He can go anywhere. So that is interesting because I feel like when we were all talking through free agency, like guard wasn't necessarily a position we were focused on. And I think that for, for whatever reason, when we were looking at the draft or whatever, like there were some guard size guys that we discussed. And I don't know. I mean, that's going to be an interesting subplot moving forward into free agency and, and who who's going to be there. Um, I was working on pulling up my list. So the two guys that I immediately thought of, which we've mentioned before, Gary Harris, we talked about that in our last podcast about Melton Insurance almost. He's a 6'4 guard who can defend, plays really hard was pretty good for Denver until he got hurt, and then he's kind of never been the same since. But he did shoot a really good percentage from three last year playing with Orlando. And the other guy, Brantley, I'll let you take the reins on this because he's like your favorite free agent, is Lonnie Walker. Yeah, I just I think that he could fill in and maybe be a little bit of an upgrade or just a different shot at a Melton-type player. 
it's kind of like I think the Melton role is needed, but we need someone who can show up when the moment matters in the selective minutes that he's going to get. DeLon Wright was another free agent we discussed. Yep. Another guard who can play Back multiple up point positions. Guard and play maybe a little bit. But it does, if it's the bill, like, I'll kind of, like, I, I need to calm down with my negativity. I'll say that. But if you think about what we're trying to put around Job, Bain, and Jaron, it's these versatile wing slash forwards that can do a little bit of everything and can create a little, shoot a little, and they're smart. And if you read anything about Roddy, literally that is his profile. And LaRavia. And LaRavia. Do a little bit of everything. They're both really good shooters. Jacob, you were saying that Roddy shot over 40% from three this past year. Is that correct? 43% from three this past year. Um, LaRavia was at like 38%. So both are decent shooters. It seemed like Roddy had the ball in his hands just like literally all the time for Colorado State. Um, So maybe he can create a little bit, play make a little bit. Um, I don't know. It's just going to be our roster just looks so different than what I expected. And I also think these draft picks are so different yes. than what I expected. And I think that's, I mean, I know nothing. Like, I literally know nothing. So I think I also need to remind myself of that is I don't have any inside track. I'm not watching these tapes. I'm not interviewing these guys. Clearly, Kleinman has a very good track record. And I think I'm literally telling myself this, that we need to trust him. I need to trust him. Until proven wrong. Victor Oladipo, also a free agent. TJ Warren, we talked about, who can play the two if you really need him to, but he's 6'8". Uh, he'd be right in the in the lineup with these guys. But, yeah, to me, it's like if it doesn't necessarily – like basketball now is becoming more and more positionless. It really matters a lot if you can do multiple things on the floor. Like you think about the two positions that are becoming the most, I guess you could say, like marginal – and it's small point guards who can only play point guard and centers who can only play center. And that that's their role. It's like those are the types of players. That's why Tyus Jones is in a weird position right now. He doesn't have this giant booming market. I mean, we'll see what happens with him. But it's because he's a pure point guard. And he's a great point guard. But, man, he can't necessarily. Like when he was in playing the two, we were always in a weird position defensively. Because it's like, gosh, I hope they don't take advantage of this. And same with centers. It's like if you if you have, you know, I don't know, name any, I don't know, JaVale McGee type, it's not like he can play the four. You know, it's, it's so I think it's interesting that we are projecting this in the way that we're drafting, just in, in the way that we're getting guys that can truly potentially play two through four. Um, and, yeah, I mean, Jaron at the five is just going to increasingly become more and more important, it seems like, because it's not like we're going to draft guys that are taller than him. Um, and it's going to be interesting too, how this informs like free agency, how it informs the Steven Adams deal, because he was a lot of, in a lot of the deals that we could match big salaries with. I mean, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, we still have another week of this, uh, before free agency technically kicks off. Um, but man, this is super interesting. Definitely not what we were expecting, but I will say the initial shock of both the, these picks were, I mean, I think all of us sort of felt <laughs> kind of like, Oh blindsided by we did not expect this and as you watch more and more tape who knows i mean they might not even be good we'll see you're right and i think to be determined tbd because i always get frustrated with draft people that immediately grade like again i keep going back to this kevin o'connor literally said a year ago that he'd rather have Lamelo ball than jaw 
like if you ask him that again and if he told you the same thing, then you would try to, you know, have him admit it because um, that's the craziest <laughs> thing you could ever say. Right. Like, so you don't know. You don't know. Um, and I think surrounding again, I'm going to repeat things I said, so I'm just going to stop talking. But I'm I'm really curious to see what happens next because people talked about you know before this whole process like hey there's no holes in the Grizzlies roster everyone kept saying that right they just they can they can take a big swing on a guy they can take someone who they can like almost draft and stash a guy or something like that now that's flipped like we kind of do have holes in our roster right like we just talked about the two guard spot like we have those holes and now it looks like we need to fill it through free agency and we clearly have the space we have plenty of space to go out and do things for sure um i think i think i'm just surprised and i need to open my mind a little well bit. this is also again we we've mentioned this but this is not only about this summer it's about next summer too that's when jaws max kicks in uh we have now about 10 million more dollars of space that we opened up through this trade and uh this is I mean, Melton had a role on our team that was important but not necessary at all times, especially in the playoffs when he had his struggles. Uh, He was the one guy who was in just about all of our trades in our offseason podcast. So it really is not surprising to see Melton gone. What is surprising is, is the trade that he was ultimately in. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I was saying to these guys, I don't know how I'm sh- I'm sure that Kleiman called around to everyone and was felt that this was the best deal. And so we'll see how it goes. Um, the Grizzlies still, as of right now, have a second round pick. It probably won't be for another couple hours. So I'm not sure if we're going to record when that selection is made, but, um, we'll see. I'm still campaigning for Andrew Nimhard. We'll see where he falls yeah and i don't know if we mentioned this but it seems like this definitely clears the way for kyle anderson to go elsewhere i don't know if we mentioned that but it just this really seems like that's not you know he's not going to be back with us because if he is then man we just literally drafted like four of him it seems like ty ty washington at 29 went to houston interesting interesting all right well we'll have more We'll have more on this. What do y'all think? I just want to ask you, like, what do you think? Um, gut reaction, because y'all know how I feel. My gut reaction is it was not how I expected tonight to go, but I am less concerned now with seeing the fruits of this draft and more concerned with seeing the fruits of free agency. Like, the draft now, to me, seems way less important than I thought it would be in our offseason So plans. what do you think our front offices, Brantley, I'll let you go first. What do you think, like, the goal of these two picks were then? Like, if both, we felt like they were, we personally, which again, we know nothing, feel like they were reaches, and you just, Will, you were kind of mentioning, like, maybe the draft doesn't mean it. Well, then what was, like, moving up for? What was trading Melton? You know, like, what, what do y'all view that as? Just, like, the goal of the draft, the point of the draft, stuff like that. I think there's a chance they really liked Laravia and they're going to move up to get him. I think I think the 
you know, the Melton trade piece of this is more about getting off of Melton and getting a guy that you sort of like at that spot, regardless of whatever, regardless of where it was falling. And, but I, I do think that this, this, this is setting up to be a roster at the start of the season. That's just going to look, role players are going to look very different. There's a, you know, let's just say Kyle's definitely gone. Melton's gone. Probably probability Tyus is gone. Those are three players that contributed a significant amount in the regular season to being, you know, the second best team at times in the NBA or the best team, you know? And so whether they're thinking they have to fill those roles this year or it's setting up for, um, you know, maybe the next three to four years, I think that's that's left to be determined. But I think that they're doing stuff to set up for that and getting off of some mid or middle-sized contracts to be able to set up to make some moves. Mm-hmm. And these guys, I think, are f- going to fill some roles, whether it's immediately or within three years, that those guys filled and they sort of believe that we need in our system as a role-player perspective. So I really think it's going to be – I don't – I don't know if we can necessarily say we know what's the impact for this next season is going to be with with these moves. I just think they're kind of small. They're chipping away at things to do some resetting on the fringes, but fringes of positions maybe even sixth or nine if something starts to happen with BC or some of these other the obvious areas of the roster that need to get that continue to get consolidated. It would surprise me to see a Tillman or BC moved in the next couple of weeks based on what we just did. Keep in mind our starting lineup unchanged. Ja, Bain, Dylan, Jaron, Steven Adams. BC, not gone. Zaire Williams, still here. So you got a top seven. You don't your point guard is in limbo right now. We'll see backup what happens with guard. that. Huh? Your backup backup point guard. guard. Backup point guard. So I mean, you think about a playoff series, like if, let's say, Tyus ends up back, your top eight are there. And Melton was on the fringes of that anyway. So, I mean, at the end of the day, we're still the same roster that won 56 games and competed hard in the playoffs. And we'll see what happens. So that was going to be my next question. Are we worse? I do not think we are worse. The only thing that can make me a little bit hesitant is to see what happens with Tyus Jones. Hmm. Because, I mean, he was such an important piece. And at this point, now I'm wondering, you know, what happens? I mean, what happens with Tyus? Does this make it more or less likely that he's with us? Um, Because a lot of these teams in the first round drafted guards. Detroit was one of them. Got their point guard, potentially. You know, uh, Washington, whether or not What's his name? Johnny Davis Johnny is the Davis. point guard or not? Yeah. We'll see. Um, yeah, Tyus, he, <clears throat> if he's going to test the waters, he sort of said he wants to try and start. If he doesn't get a clear starting role, I mean, he's in a great spot because he's going to get to play. Like, Ja is just a player who's going to inevitably have some injuries, most likely. And, you know, not saying that they're going to be – season-ending injuries, but he's going to get playing time in the regular season. Also, if you think about it, 
Melton's contract rolls off. It's at about eight million uh, for this year and the next. Let's say we sign Tyus to you know ten million dollar deal over, or give him the mid level. You know that's potentially that Melton slot. You almost trading Melton for Tyus on the roster. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, within two million. Feels steep for a backup point guard when you have a guy like Ja. I'm saying at the top of his market. Sure. It's probably like the mid level. Yeah, it seems like it could be more of like the DeLon Wright. Right. Five million a year type thing or I don't know. Yeah, and I know we've yeah. It's just I think all of this always and I have to remind myself, literally everything is to be determined when it comes to stuff like this. You never know who's gonna pan out. I remember the year that the Hawks drafted DeAndre Hunter and Cam Reddish, they were like two wings to flank Trey. It's going to be awesome. I'll also never forget when the Mavs traded for Tyrell Terry or picked Tyrell Terry at 31 and said he was going to be the Seth Curry replacement like immediately. If you all don't know, Tyrell Terry is on our G League roster. So that should just tell you how that pick turned out. So I think no one really knows. And I think I have to remind myself of that too. Yep. I mean, all the emotions on this podcast. All the emotions. The, the ups and downs. The eh? uh, first round of the draft is now officially wrapped up. That's probably going to wrap up what we have. Uh, we'll, we'll talk through whoever the Grizzlies get in the second round, as well as free agency on our next podcast, and that'll be the next time you hear from us. Um, but, hey, do your studying up on Jake Laravia and, and Roddy, because I can assure you that none of you watched anything on them before this draft. I'm confident in that. So for Brantley, for Ty, I'm Will. Actually, you know what? We might get a little something from from Kraft here. He might send us a little recording. So you might get to hear from Kraft here at the end. Um, But thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you soon. Well, what a crazy NBA draft day. Uh, It was very different than what I was expecting for the Grizzlies. And um, and all the mock drafts seem to be wrong. Uh, but because I was out of town, I was not able to join Will Ty and Brantley to watch the draft or record a pod with them. I'm still really sad about that. And, uh, and however, they were nice enough to let me give my quick reflections at the end uh, of a very long night. And I don't really know what their thoughts are, so I'm looking forward to hearing them soon. Uh, so hopefully... Uh, my thoughts are not too repetitive, although I would like uh, I don't want to disagree with them too much because then I would worry about being uh, wrong. And uh, but uh, but I look forward to hearing uh, what they had to say, what their reactions were as the draft was unfolding. So officially, as I'm recording, uh, the Grizzlies have five new players. Uh, we traded basically 22 and 29 to Minnesota for uh, Jake Laravia. I'm probably going to mispronounce all these names, by the way. Um, in a future second, uh, we traded DeAnthony Melton for Danny Green and the 23rd pick, which we took David Roddy. Uh, we moved up to take Kennedy Chandler at 38 for a future uh, second round pick to the Spurs. And then we just kept our 47th pick and selected uh, Vince Williams Jr., Um, who all signs point to him being a two-way. And then at the end of the draft, we also had Woj uh, Tech uh, tweet that we signed Kenny Lofton Jr. to a two-way contract. So basically, we 
came away with Jake LaRavia, um, David Roddy, and Kennedy Chandler. Um, and then it looks like Vince William with our uh, 47th pick and Kenny Lofton Jr. are going to be two ways. So uh, before I give uh, my kind of take, uh, I just want to say that the funniest thing to me is how we all grade drafts when we know nothing. Um, that last year, uh, everyone seemed to want us to draft uh, book night and thought Zaire was a huge reach. And, and, all, and those opinions look very dumb now. Um, book night barely played last year. Um, he might still have a good career, but Zaire is, looks very promising. Everybody's very excited about seeing what he's going to do next year. We're excited about watching him in summer league here in a couple weeks. Um, and so you really can't judge a draft uh, for probably three to five years as far as the players you draft. Um, you can judge a draft if they if you want immediate help and they don't immediately help you. Um, but the difference this year, of course, um, and, and with that, is that we are contenders now. So while I appreciate sort of uh, the long-term outlook that our front office seems to always take, uh, we are now in win um, – uh, we are now in, in win now mode. Like we are contenders, and so we need to go for it. So we came into the draft. Uh, it's kind of looking at it as a value perspective. We came into the draft with two first rounders and one second rounder. They see 22, 29, 47. We gave up Melton, but picked 19, 23, 38, and 47. So basically, without giving up any additional first round picks, um, or any players but Melton, um, we were able to basically move up from 22 to 19, move up from 29 to 23. We were able to, in a sense, move up from 47 to 38, but then also keep our 47th pick. And the only major asset we gave up was Melton. That was it. That feels like very good value to me when it comes to to the draft and how our front office works. It just feels like we are constantly seemingly moving up in the draft and not really giving up as much for it. Um, again, losing no future draft assets. We still have all our first round picks going forward. We still have the Warriors pick. Um, before I get to the players we drafted, I have to say losing Melton sucks. Uh, I loved Melton. He was a winning player. I think I probably had the highest opinion of Melton in the Grizzden podcast world and um and i totally understand that many are going to be upset about it i'm still a little upset about it honestly i also think he always seems lower on the rotation than much of grizz fandom wanted him to be and a lot of grizz twitter uh, fast break breakfast other people uh very much wanted him to be playing more uh chris harrington as well and it felt like jenkins struggled to trust him for whatever reason uh, whether he sometimes messed up plays, wasn't where he's supposed to be. Uh, he never, uh, in three years, never really had a breakout playoff game uh, anyway or, or a breakout game in the bubble. Um, though I know, of course, that he was still a positive player, even though it didn't seem like he was always playing well. He was always a positive player, and that was one of the things we loved about him. He always was doing something. So while I hate to see players I like and who are really good go, I also realize that it seems pretty clear that Melton was not part of the future. And the front office and coaching staff obviously valued um, getting off his longer contract to draft another player. And it obviously feels like maybe the players we have, Zaire, Santiago Dama, um, the players we're going to get in free agency, the players we just drafted, 
um, are eventually going to outproduce him. They're going to be better for us than Mount was. Um, and of course, we're going to look back and judge this trade, depending on how all this stuff shakes out. And, you know, and right now, it looks like a long term move um, that might cost us in the short term. And as someone who wants us to possibly win a title next year, that is going to be very hard for me to swallow. Um, if uh, we look back and think, man, we we really could have used Belton next year, and instead we we gave him away to get you know future assets to get uh, to get these players that might work out in the future. That's going to be hard for me. But for now, I'm going to trust the Grizzlies' long term strategy and wait until after free agency to judge whether the Grizzlies are taking uh, a big um, you know short term gamble for next year by trading Melton you know for a rookie. As I do not expect um, Danny Green, by the way, who was in that trade, to contribute much next season in any way, um, I think we'll probably um, waive him in some sense or maybe use him in a trade, uh, but, uh, but I don't expect him to be on the team next year. So, um, But I do, like I said, I think we might use our cap space in free agency to upgrade uh, the Melton role to a player, to a free agent to be named later, time will tell. Also want to say um, another shout out to Grizz Culture and, and Brantley actually brought this point up in a, in a text uh, to me and others, but we continue to trade our guys to good situations. Melton gets to go to a contender in the Eastern Conference of Philadelphia. I think he'll be great for them. Um, I look forward to watching him on League Pass uh, play for the 76ers. You know, but I love that the Grizzlies going all the way back to Colleen Gasol. Um, and then you have Grayson, JV, Jay Crowder, etc. Uh, we tend to trade our guys to good situations and, and to playoff teams. And I think that's a great thing about uh, our front office. I'm sure we would trade, I guess, players to bad teams uh, if if the trade was just too good to pass up. But I like that I think we treat our players well, um, and we and I think we do a good job of putting them in good situations for them. Okay, so – um, going back, and it's kind of a shift here, uh, Will tweeted uh, the Grizzlies' needs a few weeks ago, and we actually talked about this on our two, uh, two-parter off-season podcast, uh, but he said we need secondary self-creation, uh, we need size and shooting, we need defensive versatility around jaw, we need more rebounding, because that tends to be a weakness of Jaron, uh, we need a backup point guard, and then he always said maybe, because we thought, you know, maybe we don't need to that make that a major need. And I'll say that the losing Melton, uh, we lose a little bit of defensive versatility and we lose a little bit of rebounding. Uh, but uh, we definitely hit many of these needs with our draft picks tonight, I think, at least by their college profiles. All our picks um, are good defenders or at least above average defenders. Uh, size and shooting was a big one. Our four picks, um, you know, are, are all, uh, all but one are good sized. Uh, they all shoot over 38% from three. Um, even Kenny Chandler, who some don't always think of as being a great shooter, shot very well from three. And, uh, you know, LaRavia is 6'8". Um, and uh, Roddy is is only 6'6", but he is large in size. Similar to Bain, I think his, uh, his size uh, sort of kind of looking like a football player makes up for the fact that he's not as tall. I mean, sort of like a taller Bane, honestly. And LaRavia, I know, in particular, looks to be like a great playmaker as well. Um, Go find highlights of his passing on YouTube. 
um, or Twitter. They're very fun. Um, I'm very excited about both our first, uh, our two first round picks. Uh, they, are, I think, are Grizzlies players. They fit our culture, um, and their scores with some playmaking ability, which I feel like is one of our big needs. They both seem like players that can help uh, replace, especially Kyle Anderson's production. Now, again, obviously they're going to be rookies, so they're not going to be as good as Kyle Anderson most likely next year, but they will actually space the floor, which I think is something that we always struggle with with Kyle Anderson. We always talk about the frustration of, like, he'll get the ball and the the home crowd is groaning because they know he's wide open for a reason. Um, and, uh, and, and yet, here are guys who might be able to have that Kyle Anderson type of filling up the stat sheet, but they will actually uh, shoot it well from three. And as far as Kenny Chandler goes, I think I'll admit that I rolled my eyes at sort of the local media love fest around Kenny Chandler. Um, I can get often frustrated um, with a lot of Memphis talk radio and and who tends who uh, many uh, journalists who tend to be college basketball people and always seem to like uh, want to talk you know want hope that the Grizzlies will draft local kids or college basketball players they know um, and and often you know don't really understand the NBA game much um, and I also think uh, you know because of Kennedy's size I was a little reluctant to look at him. Um, because I don't think he'll be able to play with Jaw much because that's just a really small backcourt. Um, but he did shoot it well. Um, he's an elite defender, which is a huge deal because, again, defensive versatility around Jaw, um, the fact that we can bring in a point guard who is an elite defender, unlike Jaw, could be very fun. Um, he's also just a fun player. He's a really good player. He's fun. Anybody who watches NC basketball um, knows that. And I have no problem grabbing him in the second round. I think that is great value. Um, he's just a too good of a player. And, and as you know, if you follow like Instagram or anything, he has a great relationship with Jaw. Um, they know each other. Jaw sort of, um, you know, talks about mentoring him. And so I think Jaw is very happy with this pick. Uh, so I would not, while I would not have used a first rounder on him, I love that we got uh, that we got Kennedy. Um, you know, as our potential future backup point guard in the second round. I just think that's great value, great pick where it was. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, and, and, you know, and the Memphian to me is very excited that we have a Memphis kid coming to the Grizzlies. Uh, I don't, by the way, don't think that necessarily this means Tyus is gone um, because I'd be surprised, again, if the Grizzlies made a pick like this and then expected him to really produce as a rookie next year um, in especially highly tense playoff situations. Um, I know it would only be eight to 10 minutes, but that is a big deal. And I don't just, I still don't think the Grizzlies would put that on a rookie, but we'll see. Uh, and then Vince Williams, which I don't know as much about. He just seems like another good player. who was one of the top players in his conference. Uh, the Grizzlies love these conference players of the year, these first team all conference guys. He also shoots it well, obviously above 38% from three. Fills up the stat sheet. Seems like does you know smart IQ, high basketball IQ. Um, but again, I really expect that he and Kenny Lofton Jr. are going to be two way players getting reps with the Memphis Hustle. I don't expect to see much of Vince Williams Jr. other than summer league and in preseason. So one reason I'm optimistic about this draft is that we drafted to fill some needs. Uh, that you know again, looking at all our stuff, we were top of the league in almost every category this year but shooting. 
we were terrible in shooting. And it was always one of those questions of, well, what happens if we actually could shoot well? Just how amazing would we be? And we drafted a bunch of shooters. And I just really like that. I really love that we drafted a bunch of shooters who are going to help space the floor um, because that is, you know, that translates. If you shoot really well in college, you're going to shoot really well in the NBA. I also love that we moved up to get players. I think it shows that we target guys and go get them. Uh, we don't just pick the best guy available. We go into drafts the plan and we execute it. And I think that buys me a lot of trust, uh, especially with their track record, which has been great at drafting players. You know, so much of, of Grizz draft history, and if you've been with the Grizz from the beginning, was reacting to what was going on. It was never being proactive. It was also our GMs complaining that the guy they wanted got picked right before uh, their pick or, or that they were picking between two guys and then they end up picking the wrong guy and then you have all these leaks come out after which people they wanted more and all these like this infighting between the coaching staff, the front office. It's just, it just terrible. This was the Grizz drafting history that we grew to just hate. But we're a great front office now and we get the people we want, and we're going to make mistakes, and we may have already made mistakes. You know, we haven't seen yet uh, a ton from Sante Aldama. Um, we're going to make mistakes because everybody does. Nobody, you know, hits it 100% of the time, but I love our process. I love that we go and get guys, you know, that we don't wait around for this player or that player to drop to us. We go and get them, and I love that. And so, with that, um, you know, I'm positive. I'm excited about this draft. Uh, I'm, I can't wait for summer league. Uh, but quickly, I just want to address, you know, what I'm sure to be some complaints about coming out of this draft, some nerves coming out of the draft. Um, one, um, you know, one big complaint will be we could have gotten these first two round picks. Um, you know, we could have waited. We didn't need to go move up to get these guys. They would have dropped to us. They weren't, you know, neither one of them were in the green room. And, and I'll just say, we don't know that. We don't know that. We, we don't, we have no idea what the intel was. Um, you know, all the mock drafts were horribly wrong all night. They didn't even, you know, they didn't even get the top three right. Nobody knew where anybody was going to pick. And, and for whatever reason, the Grizzlies thought, our guy's available, we need to go up and get him or somebody else will. And we went and got our guys. And again, we were able to move up in the draft without giving up any major assets except for DeAnthony Melton. Like we didn't lose any future for future first or anything like that. And yet we still were able to move up and get our guys. And I, and I love that. And we don't know. We don't know what their intel is. And we'll never know. But they got the guys that they think, you know, deserve to be their first round picks. Uh, another thing I read, which was really annoying, read it from one of the blogs, uh, a couple of different blogs talking about the picks were redundant, that we just that we got several wings, you know, and, and I just think I, I have no respect for this opinion. Um, you know, you can never have enough good wings if you look at the playoffs at all. I mean, there are times when it's basically like one guard and four wings or maybe one forward and four wings. Like you can never have a good, a good uh, enough good wings. You can never have enough good playmaking um, wings and good shooting wings. And I feel like we went out and got um, two uh, good productive wings, maybe three with Vince William too. We got three uh, college players who produced well from that position with size, shot it well. 
and we got a point guard who shot it well um plays his position as well and so i don't think the picks were redundant i think we addressed some needs and again also you know what we got we got three shots at getting a really great wing one of those three develop into an elite role player it'll be a great draft so hopefully hopefully all three of them are great so uh, but the picks were definitely not redundant in my opinion and then I think the biggest thing that's going to be hard is we basically gave up Melton for a late first-round pick. And that feels like a bad move for a contender like we are to give up, you know, to give away a rotation player and a really good rotation player at that. Because Melton is really good. And to that, I'll say let's wait and see. Um, first of all, uh, we have a bunch of cap space to sign a free agent. And it could be we moved Melton knowing that he probably wouldn't, may not even be in the rotation next year. Um, we have some of our inner developed guys like Zaire who are going to play more minutes, and and it could be that it's like you know what we're we have a guy we really like. We're going to go, you know, we're going to give up Melton to get him to get this first round pick, you know, before Melton's value tanks even more. We'll see, you know that's you know that that we'll see if that's the case. It may not be. Second, uh, this year was a return to form for the Grizzlies in some ways. Uh, last year, we made more long-term moves uh, with moving, you know, getting rid of JD, JV to move up. We drafted two upside, uh, you know, kind of made kind of two upside swings in Zaire and Santi. Uh, young players that had not really proven much on the college level. But this year, we, we went back to our previous drafts of, of Bain and Tillman and Tilly and Clark and Conchar, you know, proven college guys guys that have produced. We did that with three of our four picks this year, proven productive college players. You know, only Chandler, uh, only Kennedy Chandler was a one and done. So again, I don't know if I expect any of them to replace Melton's production, uh, you know, this next season, but I do think many of them can play right away and be in the regular season rotation and help us similar to Clark and Bain, their, their uh, rookie seasons. Uh, I also think, you know, again, the Grizzlies trust in their player development. I think they trust that that maybe Santi and especially Zaire was going to take a lot, a lot of minutes from Melton. And, um, and so I still expect, by the way, some moves in free agency to address their needs and replace Melton's production. So, again, I'm going to wait and see before lamenting the Melton move or judging this trade. Because again, uh, the Grizzlies have a habit of making what seems like long-term moves, uh, but then continuing to get better in the short term as well. So I'm going to wait and see on that. And so kind of to sum up, I love our front office. I love their swagger. Always moving up to get who they want. I love it. I think we you know, continue to get good value for our assets. That we turned three picks into four picks and three of the four, you know, were superior to the picks we started out with. Um, I also love that we get good basketball players who can fit into what we do and fill some needs. Uh, I love that we got more shooting. I love that we got more shooting. That's like my favorite part. Um, but I hate that we lost Melton. And I'll wait until free agency to judge the front office for that. Um, because it seems like a long-term move with great short-term risk. Um, but I'm still expecting that we're going to replace Melton through free agency. That's all I got. Um, thanks again uh, to the to uh, Ty, Will, and Brantley for letting me do this. Thanks. <laughs>